This is the City Voice Podcast, where we explore the issues that impact Washington cities. I'm Sarah Manier, and today I'll be reading two stories from the most recent issue of City Vision magazine. Up first is Waste Wanted. When the Washington Department of Ecology called four years ago about a sewage problem, Long Beach City Administrator David Glasson knew he was about to confront a sticky, if not stinky, situation. The Pacific County City had been spraying biosolids, aka sludge left over from the wastewater treatment process, onto a forested swath of a small oceanfront peninsula since the 1980s adding nutrients to nourish the soil. But the state had determined those nutrients weren't being adequately absorbed during winter, which left the water table at risk of contamination. Long Beach and its neighbor, three miles to the south, Iwako, facing a similar issue, had to find another solution. So the city commissioned a study that determined the most ecologically sound answer was to build a Class A biosolids plant. Municipal sewage would be treated to exceptional quality compost, cooked in an oven and mixed with wood chips and sawdust until it was ready to be used as topsoil. Glasson, elected officials, and staff from the city's sewer department visited an existing biosolids plant up the coast in Westport a half dozen times to help inform the design and operation of their own facility. One crucial lesson Long Beach learned from Westport was that salt from sea air could cause corrosion, and reduce the lifespan of the investment. So instead of a conventional open-to-the-air contraption, Long Beach decided to build a self-contained system with only two precedents worldwide, one in Michigan, one in Poland. You want something like an oven where it's sealed and the temperature is maintained, and it's all controlled by airflow, Glasson says. The price tag was perceptuous, but the city secured over $7 million in grant funding from the state, including a $1.8 million grant, with the balance in revolving and forgivable loans, to be augmented by rate increases. Instead of the typical 2-4% to annual increase, Long Beach residents saw an 11% increase for the first two years, followed by a 4% adjustment. Iwako, with a population of 940 people, had initially considered partnering with Long Beach by anteing in $25,000 toward the plant's construction, then paying Long Beach roughly $70,000 a year to process its biosolids. Instead, Iwako opted to upgrade its own treatment plant, store its biosolids for longer, and reduce the frequency of their use as fertilizer. It wouldn't surprise me if in the next decade we see things changing there, says Iwako treasurer Holly Beller who notes that the city may have to send its bio-waste to Long Beach in the future if the farmland it uses gets developed for housing another critical local need. So Long Beach is hoping to entice municipal customers from Washington and Oregon to help cover the $425,000 annual cost of operating its plant. We're looking at selling the capacity to other cities that need to process their sludge, Glasson says, but we have to know what's in their sludge before we accept it. Meanwhile, the city's plant continues to churn out a steady stream of compost, which is sold most of the year, typically to construction companies that purchase in bulk, but given away to anyone during an annual spring awareness event, 
Over two weekends in May and June, the city distributes more than 600 cubic yards to local homeowners who welcome the freebie as a trade-off for higher utility rates and others who came from as far as 50 miles away. And city officials from Utah have flown in to observe the process in hopes of replicating it. Glasson says, we're passing along what we've learned to anybody who's interested. Our second story is Capital Idea, about the city of Kenmore who is hatching a plan to seek long-term financial sustainability. Kenmore city manager Rob Carlinci could see the collision coming. For more than a decade, whenever the city produced a financial forecast, the graph lines depicting revenues and expenditures were slated to cross two or three years in the future. Thankfully, those lines never actually crossed in real life, but only because the city repeatedly took what Carlincy calls temporary band-aid measures to delay the inevitable, adding a franchise fee for water and sewer, then a car tap fee. But the forecast remained foreboding. When your cost of doing business is growing at 4% a year and revenue is flat, that's a problem, Carlincy says. Kenmore, a bedroom community of 23,000 residents, just north of Seattle, doesn't have many cash registers or credit card machines. Sales tax reaps around $3 million a year, with another $5.4 million coming from property tax. Kenmore's top revenue generator, which by law can't increase by more than 1% a year. Eventually, Carlincy had to tell his city council, I am running out of rabbits to pull out of the hat. In early 2019, Carlincy and city staff, including finance director Joanne Gregory, began studying neighboring Kirkland and Shoreline, which had developed financial sustainability plans. At Kenmore's invitation, leaders from Shoreline came and spoke to the city council, explaining what worked and why. Ultimately, Carlincy says, Kenmore modeled its process after Shoreline's, with input from a number of other municipalities as well. The council approved the formation of a seven-member citizen task force in November 2019. In 2020, the task force met regularly from January through August, with a three-month pause in the spring due to the pandemic. Kenmore also hired a regional consultant, Management Partners, to evaluate where it could trim its expenditures and bolster its revenue. City staff held online open houses, and in August 2020, implemented an interactive tool called Balancing Act to solicit ideas from residents. We basically said, tell us where you would cut and where you would add. And you build a budget, Carlincy says. We got several hundred submissions. While city staff worked to refine the plan, they decided to make permanent a handful of temporary budget cuts they'd implemented due to the pandemic. The adopted financial sustainability plan calls for revenue generators like cable TV utility tax and photographic traffic enforcement. Both programs will be phased in starting in 2022, as well as tapping into property tax banked capacity and a garbage utility tax in later years. Council approved the plan in October 2020, guaranteeing Kenmore a sustainable budget, no ominously crossing lines, through 2028. Reserves are forecast to grow from 5.2 million to 6.3 million over that time. It was messy and there were hard conversations, Carlincy says of the process. It took guts for the task force to propose what they did and for the council to adopt it. As for what happens in 2028, 
then we'll have to do it all over again. And that wraps up this week's podcast. The AWC City Voice podcast is a production of AWC, where our mission is to serve our members through advocacy, education, and services. Thank you for listening.